0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Caroline Stanbury, and I am divorced, not dead. I'm a former Bravo TV star and now former wife. Fresh off the back of my divorce, I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me for the journey. So buckle up. Hi, this is Caroline Stanbury and welcome to Divorce Not Dead. Super excited to announce this is episode one. You have to bear with me. I haven't really done this before, but I'm so excited to take you on this journey with me. I'm here in my house in Dubai, sitting here with Melissa, my assistant, who you might hear from time to time because she's been kind of living this life with me. So um, I thought it'd be fun to have her views as well as my views. And I chat to you about all the things that sort of led me to where I am today, which is divorced and not dead, although I thought it might actually kill me at some point. Anyway. So for those of you that don't know me, I just wanted to give you a little bit of background on uh, my career thus far and sort of how I built it and what I did. So I didn't do A levels. Went to school up into GCSE. wasn't particularly good at the end at school. At the end, I think my last, actually my you know my my book when I sort of graduated from school, whatever you call it, left school, said people person. I will be a great people person, which is fine because I had uh, what do they call it? Like I had life experience. I was going to go in life experience. I was fine. Then I went to go and work for um, a couple of different companies as a um, personal assistant to people. And actually, that was one of the most fun jobs I've ever had and really, really enjoyed. That's why I always people go, you know, you've always had assistants with you. And uh, oh, you're so spoiled. Well, I mean, I am spoiled, but I have been an assistant for a long time. And I really know what it is. I used to have one one guy that would call me up in the middle of the night to get him a taxi when he was living in New York and I was in England. And I'd be like, all you have to do is dial nine. Yeah, my, Melissa's here going, that's what I do. Anyway, I've done exactly the jobs that Melissa's now rolling her eyes about. So I've done it all myself. So I know exactly what it feels like, but I actually really, really, really enjoyed it. And actually looking back, some, those were some of the mo- most funny, fun times. So there, Melissa. Anyway, then I um, actually worked for my parents in the cashmere business. Then I actually set up my own styling business. And the styling business is what really led to everything. I turned it into a styling shopping business where I found wealthy women who were busy at work and didn't necessarily have time or the inclination, or the style to shop for themselves. And that's how I really built all my contacts, all my business. And from that, you know, you you sort of build someone's trust because you're in their home, you're you're giving them confidence. And then they give you other jobs. And I ended up, you know, then decorating for them, doing gifts for them, and it just sort of spiraled from there. And then from that, I built giftlibrary.com, which ended up with 86 employees. And I I think we were shipping to 72 countries, And I had three stores and, um, you know, very big business partners. And it was a really, really, really hectic time. And I did that for seven years. And while I was in gift library, Bravo approached me because I was a female CEO um, and of a company that I'd built. And they were looking for new, for for characters, for Ladies of London, to which I said no, I think, religiously for the first year, because I was like, how on earth am I going to run a business this size and film 24 hours, not 24 hours, but whatever it was. And then I decided to go through the motions anyway, because I'd never got anything in my life like that, wherever I'd never got through. And then I was thinking, I'll never get it. And then, of course, I kept getting through each round. And then, as I got through each round, it suddenly became a reality. And then at the end, I was still like, no, no, I can't do this. And then I was like, you know what? I was taking my business into America. And I said, like, well, I can either buy a billboard in Times Square for like a month, or I can do a, a reality TV show where I'm broadcast into people's homes every single day. And that's what I did. So that's how everything came about for me. So I just wanted to give you that background on who I am and where I came from. I'm actually newly newly divorced living in Dubai and I guess since you guys saw me sort of about 3 years ago I suppose on Ladies of London I made the big move to live in Dubai with my children and my family and build a life here and a business here and it's really taken me on such a journey that I never knew really that I would enjoy this this um country so much and I really really have and it's been something that's just totally reshaped me because I think, whilst I thought living here might actually contain me and make me more of a housewife and make me want to settle down more with my husband, it's actually done the total opposite. I've ended up sort of spreading my wings and it's given me more wings and it's made me aged 44. The face of companies, it's lifted me up. I've got, you know, my wings back, my power back, my freedom. And I'm feeling totally empowered. And I think that I wanted to take you on this journey with me because so many women of my age sort of get stuck in life. And we're told we have so many things we're told on by society that we should have achieved by a certain age or we should do or the right things to do or the way to bring up our children or, you know, once Once you are married, that's it for life and you don't get to choose anymore and your life isn't your own and you'll run. I mean, I don't know about anyone else, but I, you know, although I had a great marriage for 18 years, I did have this role of teacher- sort of like it was like a teacher-child role with my husband, where I was the child and he was always the teacher of what's right and wrong and what I should and shouldn't do. And, you know, that's not his fault because I actually allowed that and wanted that, I suppose, having been to boarding school from the age of 6 to 18. It was a role that I'd always, I guess, assumed and had, and so it was a comfortable role. Luckily, thank God, because I have so many friends now, who want to get divorced and are in a position where they cannot get divorced. I've always luckily been financially independent as well. That's not to say, girls, that, you know, obviously my husband absolutely provides everything for the children, the home and everything that he should, you know. But at the same time, what it does mean is that I could always choose to stay in or get out of a marriage, which I think is, you know, one of the top, top, top things I can teach women. And I think that, you know, wasn't something that we were taught. We were always taught to get married and rely on a man. I would like to tell everybody, don't get married to rely on a man. Get married because you want to get married. Get married because you want to have children. Get married for all the right reasons, but not because you don't have a better career goal you know and and that's just key to be honest marriage should be the cherry on top not the cake so that's kind of what this podcast is going to be about i hope you guys find it interesting i hope you know and i really want all your questions. And I love answering all your questions that you send to me anyway daily. It's really like a chat session. I will have my guests on from time to time, but in the meantime, it's kind of get to know me, get to know what I'm going through on a day-to-day basis, how much I have to run, how much, you know, just how life changes and, and you have different phases of life. So I think when I first got married, I was so excited to get married as I think everyone is. And I, you know, what my mother actually when I when I had problems with my husband, she was always the one that said, Oh my goodness, you know, stiff up a lip, darling, get back in there, make it work, you know, all these kind of things. And I was like, okay, mom, and off I went. And then suddenly I woke up one day and I was like, stiff up a lip, make it work. How the hell do you make something work for 50 more years? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I am not gonna die in four. I'm gonna die in 50, maybe. You know, I'm like, I don't want to make it work for 50 more years. I really don't. Why is getting divorced so taboo? Why do I have to choose my husband at 25? Which, by the way, in my mother's era, you know, if you got to 25 or 22 and you weren't married, you were considered over the hill and undateable, unmarriable. And like, you know, there was something wrong with you. you had like a big red flag. So, you know, we, we all sort of got to the last year of our lives and suddenly went, I'll take, you know, I'll take him." And the thing is, you know, you choose different men for different phases, I've realized. Like I look at other people and I think I sort of started to realize it when I was walking around and I saw other couples that maybe were on their second marriages and they were sort of holding hands and snugging and doing all these things that I hadn't done in such a long time. And I was like, oh, and then I thought to myself, you know, because at the beginning I was, when I was younger, I was always like, poor things, there they are divorced, you know, as you do judging everyone. And then... <laughs> You can only judge from your glass towel in your 20s. Anyway, so, you know, and I looked at them all and I was going, oh, that will never happen to me and I will never do that. And you set out with, obviously, nobody sets out with this. Oh, this is this is going to be for five years. <laughs> so, you know, I think you set out with all the right intentions. And I, you know, I really did work through it. And so did my husband. And, you know, it is it is what it is. I think, you know, honestly, we both had too much responsibility. We both traveled a lot. We both have responsibility in the ending of this marriage, but at the same time, I don't regret any of it. I've got three beautiful children. I don't consider when people go, oh, poor you. No, poor me what? I had 18 years of a marriage, which is a lifetime for most people in dog years. I mean, look, I know loads of people that have never got there. I'm really proud of what I achieved with Jem. You know, I built a beautiful life and beautiful kids this is going to be my chapter two. And the great thing about chapter two is exactly all the things that I actually thought. Like I do get to choose who I want to be with. I'm not in a rush to choose the wrong person. The right person is you know, going to compliment my life. He's not, he's going to be my partner. You know, he's going to be my best friend. He's going to be, you know, I don't have to sacrifice. Why do I have to sacrifice my life for my children so that my children, when they leave me in 10 years, I'm sat here home alone and that I did the right thing. No girls, you have to get out there again you know, you have to get out there. You have to live. I'm, you know, 44 now. I think a big kick to me was actually a couple of weeks ago when I saw, I know I should have probably known this. Steve Jobs died eight years ago. I should have known, but he was 56. That's my point. There was a point to this story. He was 56 with all the money in the world. That's the thing. Like we're all saving up, saving everything for later, for later, for later, for the future. What's the future? You know, God, I don't know. I don't know what the future is. Maybe I, I don't make it, or maybe we, you know, maybe I do make it, but then maybe I'll lose some sort of capacity to do something. I don't know. So, like, now is the time. Now is really my best years. They say the 20s and 30s are your best years. It's not. Your 40s are your best years, or late 30s, beginning of your 40s, because you certainly know who you are. You certainly get the power back. Like, I, you know, you feel in control. I've never felt better in my own skin. I'm for me, the best I've ever looked. I mean, I don't know. I don't really care what anyone else thinks. I feel better than I've ever looked. Um, I'm having the time of my life and I've never had so much attention by the way. So like this, all this bullshit that you're fed that, you know, when you're in your forties with children, no man is ever going to look at you again. I think that's, you know, I don't know what sort of pheromone I'm, I'm like producing, but there's, definitely not happen to me i can assure you and if it's because i'm just confident then that's that's the key girls because confidence is everything it's not like i'm a supermodel there are loads of i know so many beautiful women that can't get a guy and that's the key because you know that's all they are it's beautiful women you know there's a million of those like you need to have a little flare and spark and something for yourself who the hell wants that was my fly trap if you heard the little thing in the background by the way. who the hell wants this sort of pretty mannequin walking behind them? actually, I'll tell you a story. it's on the beach last week it was quite funny actually in Dubai and there was some famous soccer player stomping up and down looking all gorgeous with his perfect hair and like perfect mannequin girlfriend walking like four feet behind him. you know and I, I watched this like I said, like, oh you know what a beautiful couple. Now mind you, there was like, she was four feet behind him. And I don't think it was because of social distancing and he didn't ever look back. And, you know, there she was prancing around, trying to get his attention, sitting on the lounger. He got a towel. He did get a towel for himself. Didn't look at her. Got a drink for himself. Chatted to everybody else, not to her. Anyway, watched that go down for about an hour. Next day I went back not to stalk them. I genuinely like the beach. And they turned up again, same thing happened, like no interest. Then she left. She's sort of lounged all over looking gorgeous and then left. No interest, no interaction, no eye contact, no nothing. And I was like, oh, poor girl, so awful. And that's just a typical example. Like they, I know he chose her because that's what he should choose, right? Anyway, two minutes later, she had left and these two like very average women were sitting behind him, you know, obviously two mums on the beach having a good time, drinking rose, having a laugh, and they got chatting to him. I've never seen, well, never seen, I don't know him that well. Um, but in I you know, a more animated man ever. He was so happy. He was drinking beer, chatting. He stayed a good hour chatting to them, laughing, having a giggle. Like look really genuinely happy. And that's what I realized. You know, like you shouldn't just pick what you think society will like or you should have or like a trophy, because it won't last. I think, you know, the key is and what money does for you. And I think that's it's is is a freedom. But it's not about accumulating more and more things. Like I, you know, look, I do have I mean Melissa was here and correct me, she's she gets all my bills and tries to cut me off. But like my I do love my clothes but I've got better. I'm getting better. I'm ordering cheaper clothes. Like I'm doing like fun clothes and expensive accessories. Anyway, and I'm realizing that money gives me my freedom to do whatever I want. So like, you know, I don't need to ask for a holiday. I don't need to ask if, you know, I can go here or there. I don't need to ask permission if, if, you know, your ex-husband doesn't want to pay you, then don't pay you. If you don't want to do something, then don't do it. You know, I'm just live and let live is my new motto. And I think this is again, what I wouldn't want to talk about in depth over the coming weeks. And, you know, what I will expect from a partner from going forward and what I, you know, I know. And the thing is my marriage has taught me exactly what I, I wanted and what I don't want anymore. And I think, you know, I also decided before I, you know, before this ended and before I went on to getting divorced that I would be happy alone too. If I didn't find Mr. Right, that would be all right too. And I think that, you know, that's a very important step as well, that you need to be happy in your own company. And if you're not, and also, you know, this lonely word, I think so many people don't do things out of fear, loneliness and loneliness is actually, as I always say in my household, I mean, it's a total luxury. I'd love to be lonely. I mean, I don't get time to be lonely. I get three days off where the kids go to their dad and, you know, they don't really leave my house till halfway after lunch on the first day and they're back in the morning on the last day. So like I really have one day to be lonely. And in that time, I've got people that live with me. My assistant lives with me. I really don't have any time to be lonely. I'd quite like to know what lonely felt like, I think probably for a a few days. I don't know. I mean, it's a luxury. So I think you just have to switch it in your head, how you look at everything. Everything in life has an upside. You can either be a glass is off, empty kind of a person, which I know plenty of those. They look at a room and they see, you know, an empty room or, and I see peace and quiet and I see five minutes to myself. So, you know, I, I just always look at the bright side of everything. And I think, you know, I used to get so bothered by fights and fighting with people. And I, now I just breathe out. I literally just breathe out. And it's amazing what you, what happens when you just let go of things and you don't let it affect you the same way. And I think, you know, getting divorced for me is like taking control of my life completely. I'm not going to marry for money. I think everyone was expecting, including my husband, for me to go and find some like old billionaire, me to be lying on a yacht somewhere in Saint-Tropez within about a week. But if anyone really knows me, you know, I came from that world. I really don't want what goes with it. When you have a life like that, you pay for a life like that. And you pay for it in so many different ways. So I am looking for my perfect partner. And I also think that, you know, money comes and goes. It really does. I've had money. I've lost money. I'll, you know, I made money, you know, I'm sure I'll overspend again. Um, but somehow, it, you know, it flows. It really flows. I've, you know, it, it'll come back. I. It's not something that's ever been my total motivation. I am a bit of a magpie. I do like shiny things. I like pretty things, but that motivates me purely to work a little bit harder. I've always wanted to obtain them for myself. I don't really ever want to be asked what I'm spending. So, I think my next chapter is really it's been it's been interesting because it's really the transition of starting to run two households, you know, obviously moving out, that was, you know, that was a difficult day and a difficult, you know, transition for the kids and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's always the first step, the cleanest break, because I think at the beginning, you know, when, when, when you've been with someone so long, it's quite hard to make that clean cut and deciding how you're going to live and all this kind of stuff. And working it out for the children. So I started off in my head doing, you know, things where like, of course, you know, to my husband, you can come in whenever you want. You can have dinners and lunch with us because I didn't want to cut it off with the kids. But actually, I found, you know, pretty bloody quickly that that's more confusing than it is helpful because all that happens is you have two homes, but neither of you have privacy. You have two two homes, but you're living the same way and you're irritating each other more. So like boundaries in the beginning of divorce actually are key and putting those in pretty promptly is key. Um, So, you know, again, there's no rule book to this. I haven't been taught anything. I had no idea what to look for. So, or or how to do it. I, you know, I hadn't spoken to a therapist and so I'm navigating this by myself. Then I think the next transition that I will talk to everyone about is of course, you know, how often do you, do you see each other? Like my children are always trying to get daddy and mommy to do play dates and things like that. You know, with together and and at the beginning again, I was sort of compliant to all that. And now I'm like, I'm not even sure that's a good idea. I think daddy's days have to be daddy's days, mommy's day have to be mommy's days. I'm actually moving out of my home now into a new home just because I want a fresh start, fresh space, new memories. You know, I am beginning to date, so I'm really excited to take you through that too, because that was like you guys are the first to know. I haven't announced it. You know, obviously, that's something that's been really private to me. I wanted my children to meet him. And it's been, that's been a really, really fun journey. And it's actually teaching me so much more navigating this, you know, so much more about what love really is. Whereas I think in so many marriages, it can become so much about the children and your life and not about you. And I, you know, I want to say to people that it shouldn't be like that. It really shouldn't. And I have so many girlfriends that I watch now who are on their second marriages. And I I always sort of went, oh God, I hope I, I find that. And I think I've, I may have found that. So I'm really excited to share this bit with you too. I'm excited to obviously navigate the next chapter with you guys. And there's just so much like I'm learning, obviously talk about sex And um, the different kind of roles—not role playing, but I mean, yeah, why not? Um, All these kind of things that I, you know, maybe had forgotten. And going on date nights and like, you know, introducing them to the kids and blending the family or blending the family or me, you know, when is okay to introduce your boyfriend? I mean, again, unfortunately—not unfortunately, but you know, my story is quite funny, and I'll share it with you later because. I was thrown into a fast forward relationship with, you know, the pandemic. Having a pandemic, getting divorced and dating was probably one of the weirdest, most bizarre, most hysterical times of my life. And, you know, some of it I think Melissa will have to remind me of and and make you all laugh because it really has been hilarious. So I'm really excited to take you through that. And you'll see just I want to talk about all different things in different in in relationships. So how to stop yourself getting stagnant, how to know when it's time to leave. Can you ever get the sex back? Can you you know, should you, should you give up? Is it okay? Will the children be okay? Will you be okay? You know, fear is the thing that holds us back on everything. And I want to say that, you know, life, you get one shot at life. You only get one. There is no do over. So, you know, my view is jump and see what happens. I mean, and every time I took that, it's been so magical for me, and I just think so many women are paralysed by fear that I want to say it's okay. And I know that you all think it's okay because I come from this giant gilded cage and I have like pots and pots of money, but that's just not true. And I've always worked and I've always provided for myself. And some months, you know, I I make more money. Some months I've like, I mean, I wasn't paid at all during COVID. I, you know, all these kind of things, you know. I've had to really work to get to where I came from. Yes, I did have a enough to buy a house when I was younger. I have had wealthy grandparents, but that's not my wealth. And so, you know, everything I built was on my own. Nobody handed me the keys to any of my businesses or anything. I'm just somebody who grew up in Dorset and made an amazing life for herself. And I think that this podcast can show you if I can do it. Any of you can, you really can. I grew up in Dorset in the middle of nowhere. And if you had told me all those years ago, you know, when I lived in the middle of the countryside that I would be on American TV and that I would be living in Dubai and that I would be the face of all these companies out here when I was 44, three children got, get divorced and have a beautiful hot well, chapter two, boyfriend, lover, whatever you want to call him. I would have like, told you were out of your minds. And look at me now. So, this is really meant to uplift you, give you hope, and let everybody know that life really, really, really does begin at 40. And I can't wait. So, thank you for joining me today. And again, DM me, send in any questions. Melissa and I will be checking everything. I'm going to start an Instagram page for this, Divorce Not Dead. Send in any topics, any questions that you have for me. And I can, you know, obviously I want to shape all my podcasts around what you guys want to listen to first. I will be having amazing guests on, female guests as well. I'm really excited to share all their experiences, especially through divorce and that these traumatic times and actually, you know, things like sexual awakenings. I have friends who are literally doing cartwheels right now. Like, I mean, 40 is your sexual peak, isn't it? Yes, it is. Anyway, so send everything in. Very excited. I hope you enjoyed today's. It was just chit chats with me, getting to know me. And I'm really excited to continue this journey with all of you. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind-the-scene action.